how it lights my path, how it guides my way. I'm going to read the passage, Philippians 3, 1 to 11. And I'm reading it from the New Living Translation. And it says this. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say that you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if ever there was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as rubbish so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Amen. Let's pray for Liz. Lord Jesus, thank you for Liz. Thank you for what she's prepared to share with us. We ask that you help us to hear it, let it land in our hearts, let it change us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, everybody. Now, we are going to think about some losses and some gains this afternoon. And I will be needing some helpers, but before, I think I've got a little list of what we're going to be doing. I need a bit of help, first of all. Then we're going to look at first lot of losses, second lot of losses, the gains, and then we're going to think about it. So, if we just hang on a second, then if you would like to help me this afternoon, if you are young, no, no, well, plenty of discrimination, actually. If you would, if you would like to come and sit down here, you're very welcome. But first of all, because we're talking about losses and gains, I've actually lost two things, and I need some help in finding them. And the first thing is my very stylish 
summer hat that Andy Cartwright once called me Jemima Puddleduck when I was wearing. So I don't know where I have left my hat. And I wonder if you could stand up and have a look around and see if you can see somebody who's wearing my hat. Oh, and who's got my hat? Him. What's his name? David. David. Could I have my hat back, please? Joshua, could you go and get my hat from David? Oh, thank you. Because it is very stylish, isn't it? Beautiful. I'm not going to put it on just now. No, I think it looked better on you, actually, David, but thanks. Now, the second thing I've lost, I had prepared some strawberries in some red cups for good listeners, and I've lost them. So, I don't know if anyone likes strawberries or if they're, they're bothered about them, but you love strawberries. Do you think... Can you go and have a look around and see if you can find some red cups with some strawberries in? You might have to go... Look, Joshua's looking. You're getting warmer, Joshua, I think. Of course, I don't know where I left them because I lost them. I remembered that now. Oh, well done, Owen. Fantastic. Can you, can you carry them forward? He's going to do it. It's all fine. Do you want to... That's it. Perfect. Do you want to put them down on the end of this table? Can you put them on the end? Good work. Fantastic. Well done. Now then, Zoe, could I put you in charge of the strawberries? If you, if you see anyone who's listening really nicely, could you give them a cup of strawberries? And if you get a cup of strawberries, you might not get one if you're too old. Again, discrimination. But you can choose anyone you like, anyone you like. And if you get a cup of strawberries and then you've eaten them, if you want to give your nice, crinkly-sounding plastic cup back to Zoe, that would be even better. So, we've finished with our help. So we can go on to our first lot of losses. Now, in our passage, we heard some things that Paul listed that he had laid aside. He'd given up for the sake of knowing Jesus. And Joshua, do you want to come and help me? Could you come and hold this? The first one that he gave, I think it should come up. Oh, my word. Who did that? Good. You told that and face everyone was, this is a, a little thing off the internet, stand here, mate, Ooh, right round the front so everyone can see you, and it's supposed to, re- so it's supposed to represent the tribe of Benjamin, which is the tribe that he was from. So Paul, in the passage, tells us that he was the best Jew, not just any old rubbish Jew, he was the best Jew, he was the Hebrew of Hebrews, and he belonged to a very unique, important tribe, the tribe of Benjamin, and that he, was, he valued those things really highly, but he had given them all up for the sake of following Jesus. And all those things that were fundamental to him before, he'd given up. So if you want to hold it lower there, otherwise your arm's going to ache. Good boy. Now, is there anyone else who would like to come and hold up the next picture? 
Gabby, do you want to hold a picture for me? Can you hold that for me? Oh, good holding. That's fine. If it goes on a walk, that's it's okay, Joshua. She can take it. Don't worry. So the next picture is a picture of the representation of the Ten Commandments. And the thing, next thing Paul talks about is he talks about, oh, well done, Joe. Oh, thank you, Joshua. We'd be lost without you, wouldn't we? Turn it around. So the next thing he talks about is his knowledge of the law. And he had been, oh, good listening, Joe. Well done. Fantastic. He had been, he was one of those people who'd been a Pharisee and he knew the law inside out, back to front. So here we've got a representation of the Ten Commandments, but does anyone know how many Pharisaic commandments or laws that that Paul would have known. I've just got the number off Google. If it's wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, Leslie's going 463. Higher, anyone? Want to guess more? 671. Lower in my Google answer. Do you think that's the correct answer? No. It was above 600 and below 671. Slightly lower. What did you, no, a little bit lower than that. Lower, 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 lower. Six, higher. Three more higher. Who could do the maths? Oh yes, Paula. How did you work that out? Well done. Six hundred and thirteen. So Paul knew six hundred and thirteen laws. Six hundred and thirteen. And he'd spent a lot of time. Oh, you're fed up folding them. You all right? He'd spent a lot of time learning them. But even though he'd learnt all of those laws, he said, "That's not worth anything now, because I want to know Jesus." So he gave all of that up. And then, the next thing he mentions in the passage is his convictions. We talked about that throwing it out of our balloon but he was so convinced that he was correct that he went about when people started following Jesus he went about attacking people and beating them and persecuting them for being followers of Jesus but what Paul said was that he counted all of these things as not worth following uh, not worth anything anymore that following Jesus was the most important so Eliah could you help Joshua can you take one of these and can you fold it up and put it in the bin for me yeah can you can you do one and you do the other just you don't have to fold it just screw it up it's fine just very neat very neat obviously in your household Lillian Fantastic. So, Paul, could you hold that for me? Thank you. You don't. Have, you can just hold it any way you want. You don't have to get an aching arm. Paul decided that those things were not worth anything once he'd found Jesus, and he laid them aside, even though he had. They were very, very important to him. So that's the. F- the first lot of losses. And those losses are the things that Paul chose to lay aside. He, he looked at his life and he decided that those things 
were not the way of following Jesus, so he chose to put them aside. But later in the passage, Paul says that he's not only lost those things, but he's lost everything. So we're going to look at a second lot of losses, and these are the things that Paul had stolen from him. So the first one that he had stolen from him, who do you think, what do you think that that represents? Re-Ray, do you think, I'm going to pick on you, Re-Ray, do you know what, where Paul is? He's in prison, fantastic. So the first thing he had stolen away from him was his freedom. And he was in prison for a long time, especially at the end of his ministry in Rome, and he wrote uh, a number of his letters from prison, so we know that he was in prison. Next one. Oh, sorry, that's a bit pale, isn't it? Anyway, those names are the names of some of Paul's friends, and these were the people who deserted him, or got jealous of him, or didn't think it was worth following him or taking the risks that he was, he was taking in order to follow Jesus. So Paul also lost his friends. Next one. And this, uh, Paul was often traveling from place to place. He was often uh, away establishing new churches in different cities and places, and he often had to lodge in other people's homes. So he didn't really have a home of his own that we know about. So some really fundamental things that Paul, that were stolen away from Paul. But what he said was even these things he counted as not important because he gained the joy of knowing Jesus. So we're going to just go on to the gains. And at the end of the passage, Paul talks about what he has gained, even though he's laid all of these things aside. And of course, the main thing he's gained is knowing Jesus. And he, he then talks about two, two different things. He talks about, let me have the next one, Leslie. He talks about gaining... Oh, never mind. doesn't matter. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Gaining the resurrection life. And we, lots of us, have experienced the power of the resurrection in our own lives if we have chosen to follow Jesus and we have laid aside some of the things that we needed to lay aside. And we might have uh, had the, the power of resurrection in our lives in all sorts of different ways. We might have had peace with the Father, we might uh, we find that we're allowed to enter into the presence of Jesus. We have answered prayer. We have strength for the problems that we face. We have wisdom in complicated situations, and we have guidance for our lives. We have all of these things, and many, many more, because of the power of the resurrection. But Paul also mentions the fellowship of suffering. And I don't know about you, but if I'm picking one of these two, the resurrection life or the fellowship of suffering, I'm going to pick the resurrection life first choice. But we, Paul speaks very clearly about the fellowship of suffering. And we've heard 
a little bit from our testimonies about what it is to walk through life with Jesus. And I would look around this room and I would imagine there is not a single person in this room who hasn't been through some kind of trial or difficulty or testing time. And I'm sure there are many, many who are at this moment in time going through those trials or difficulties or testing times. And so the challenge for us here is to seek after and experience the resurrection life in our lives day by day, but also to walk in the fellowship of suffering if, if that is the, trial, the time that we're going through. So when those times come, what do we do? What do we do when we're going through those difficult times? Do we, uh, do we recognize that Jesus is still with us? Do we walk with Jesus in those times? Do we continue to listen to his voice? And do we, after listening to our testimonies this afternoon, do we look to the examples of those around us who are walking through trials or who have walked through trials? And do we, are we able to say with them, yes, it's difficult, but I will still trust in Jesus. I will still look to him. He is still my friend and I will trust to him. And whatever my circumstances He is still God, and I will look to him. So that is the challenge that I want to particularly leave with us. But I'm going to ask... um, They're so so good, aren't they? I don't want to disturb these children, really. But is there anyone who would like to take some pictures around? Benji, do you want to... Joshua, will you take some around? So there are these two images here. And if you identify with either of these, yeah, then you can ask Joshua to give you one of the pictures. If you want more of the resurrection life in your... So if you walk around, then someone might ask you, can I have that picture? Can I have that picture? Yeah? Or put some on the tables, Joshua. That would work. Do we want to seek more after more of the resurrection life in our in our day to day walk, or do and or do we want to recognise that we're walking with Jesus through the fellowship of suffering, or walking alongside others who are doing the same, and want to look to Him more and more and saying, "Yes, I will still trust in You." So I'm going to pray and ask for those things to become very real in our lives Lord Jesus I just thank you for uh, for all that you call us to give up for all that you call us to give to you and thank you Lord that when we lay things down for you or when we uh, recognize Lord that things have been stolen away from us and actually Knowing you is more important than those things. Lord, thank you that you come in with resurrection power. Thank you, Lord, that you come in and walk with us through the difficult times. And I pray, Lord, for each one of us here that we would know that reality full and true in our lives, that we would know you walking with us. And, Lord, where we have not always trusted in you or found that difficult or not experienced the full resurrection power in our lives. Lord, I pray that we would know more and more 
of that reality for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let your living word abide in me so richly as I abide in you. Let your living